right, everyone, welcome back to another episode of It's for the Table. For those of you that are new here, we are the women of It's for the Table, and we want to bring a little something for everyone. We're here to share our experiences as authentically as we would at a Sunday brunch with each other. We're unafraid to shine a light on topics otherwise kept in the dark. We're unapologetic. We're a little messy, but we're ready to own our stories. Take the next hour. Take off your bra if you're wearing one. Drink your wine and let's be heard together. Woo! <laughs> if you haven't already heard our latest episode, please check it out. We upload a new episode every Monday. Yes, and if you have heard our new episodes but you haven't followed us on social, um, check us out. We're on Instagram and Twitter at It's For The Table. Um, and always remember, like, subscribe, and comment five stars. woo woo uh, so this week's episode is going to be a little different than ones prior because we have our very first special guest. Um, so, so, <laughs> so when we were um, developing the concept for the podcast, obviously we knew we had a lot of topics that we wanted to talk about um, that maybe we weren't really experts on. Um, so we wanted to bring on a series of special guests who had a special skill or a special aspect to their um, career or, or even like their lifestyle or personality that we knew that we wanted to bring to the It's Food Table family. Um, so without further ado, uh, we would like to introduce our very first special guest. I am so excited to introduce this person. In addition to being the baddest bitch we know and a world traveler, <laughs> Liz, Lizandra Luber is a longtime friend of the IFTT gals. From working together, partying together, family dinners, and developing this podcast, Liz has been among our biggest fans and supporters. Liz is outspoken, so funny, and always, always the life of the party. Her energy is so infectious, you'll be able to tell just by hearing her. As a talent acquisition professional, Liz has a wealth of relevant and valuable work-related knowledge we thought would be perfect to share with all of our listeners. When Liz isn't recruiting the best talent, she's hosting her nightly quarantine cooking show on Instagram stories, bringing us all smiles and making your mouth water. So make your water. <laughs> Check her out. <laughs> Check her out. Water. I was, I was so excited. I couldn't even get that out. <laughs> all right. Welcome, Liz, to the podcast. Say hi. Thank you, guys. <laughs> Hello. Thank you for having me, guys. This is so exciting. I obviously have been watching, listening, I should say, stalking all your content. So I'm super excited you reached out to me because I love you guys. And I think what you're doing is amazing. And this is just going to be such a fun opportunity to be a part of this. Yeah, oh thanks God, for so coming excited. on. <laughs> we're so excited. No pressure for being our first guest, but. <laughs> not, not at all. No, it was no, no, a no. unanimous decision, though, when we tried to figure out who we wanted our first guest to be. Without a doubt, we all said Liz. Like, it was just meant to be. He's going to be yeah. so mad when he hears this, but, like, yes, true. Liz was number one. <laughs> <laughs> number one? Step aside. Step aside. I come from. So this so, episode, we're going to talk not just about Liz and her career, but just about Liz as a person and kids to hear some of her story and her experience. And she's got tons of like awesome anecdotes and, and <laughs> awesome titles, um, which I'm so excited for you to learn about her. Um, so we're going to kind of hand over the mic to her and let her introduce herself and you can get to know her better. Mm -hmm. Hi, guys. So um, I'm Liz. My first name's Lizandra, but that is like a mouthful. I feel like people usually say lasagna when they try to say it. So <laughs> <laughs> I've always just said Liz is just fine. Um, so a little bit about me. I mean, I could talk for hours about everything and anything, so I'll just try to keep it short and sweet. But um, I'm first generation born in this country. My parents are from Portugal. I married. I have a four-legged son. His name is Fletcher. He's a mini golden doodle. He is my baby. He's my little angel and that's the only thing that I can really <laughs> say about him <laughs> he's my nugget I could talk about him forever too um honestly I'm like a normal person just grew up here I feel like uh the way I look at life maybe a little bit differently than other people just because of the experience I've been through uh nothing nothing hard nothing unmanageable really uh but being first generation here I think your parents always kind of bring you up in a different way I feel like everything was just harder because they were so strict. Like I wasn't allowed to do anything. I wasn't allowed to get on the shore for my senior prom. I wasn't allowed to sleep out. 
Um, I mean, I was dating was not an option. (laughs) (laughs) Again, dating was not an option. I was really rebellious as a kid. I was a good kid, like didn't do anything bad. But I mean, I was rebellious in a sense where I felt like I had to lie to my parents just to like do the minimal things. Mm. Parties started, especially in high school. Like parties always started at what, like ten, eleven. My curfew was like ten o'clock. I'm like, (laughs) I'm like, dad. But the party, it starts It starts at 11. And he's like, I don't really care what the party is. If people are going to jump off the bridge, you're going to go jump off the bridge. He's like, I'm your parent. You're coming oh. home by 10. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's how I grew up. And I have a younger brother. So he's four years younger than me. I'm, I'm 30. He's 26. We're the complete opposite of each other. My family treats him differently. He's like, the baby can do no wrong. Um, <laughs> But it is what it is. You know, I feel like firstborn always has high expectations. So, yo, imagine being the baby of the family. Like, this is I the podcast of older siblings. Like, I want to be the baby. It's literally. <laughs> oh my God. We need we to bring a baby on siblings. so we can just torment them. Wait, Liz. It's <laughs> like, yeah. What's your, what's your sign? An Aries. I'm a ra- <laughs> We got great. some fire energy in the house. I was very yes, excited. I was very excited to learn. Because uh, I'm usually just overpowered by my water sisters. It's like all these emotions. Presenters pushing. <laughs> water sisters. My yeah, you kids, got- you guys. <laughs> yep. Now, and it's like even. It's like an even split. Liz, why don't you tell us a little bit about um, your work experience, too? So you, you said you grew up as first generation kind of experienced, like, the pressures of that from your family. Um, how did that mm-hmm. play into, like, your expectations for work? Oh, that's funny. That's a good question. Um... So I, as I've always just been really extroverted. Like I always wanted to go out. I want to be around people. Like I love just to be around other people. I feed off other people's energy. And because of that, when you go out, you need money. And my parents were just like, we're not your ATM. Get a job. <laughs> and I was Classic. like, I am a- the most, the most, <laughs> the most accurate thing a parent could say. Right. <laughs> I'm like, excuse me. I am a good student. I have to focus on school. Like I can't work. And my dad always said to me, School is your number one priority, but anything that is not a necessity, I am not going to provide it for you. He's like, you're going to get a job. Um, So I got a part-time job. I worked in retail throughout high school, throughout college. Um, I even did a little telemarketing stunt for a short, short period of time. In high school? (laughs) Yeah, in high school. I did. I was... I wasn't, uh, I wasn't selling insurance, but I had to call people up to set appointments <laughs> so that reps can go out and gotcha. sell insurance. Got that it, got it, sense. got it. <laughs> You're that 14 was, selling was, insurance. <laughs> literally, like, on the phone. Like, like hey, Dave's going to be out in your area. Is 2 o'clock on Friday work for you? Great. Um, no, so I, I got a job. It was called Baker's Footwear Group. They have since then gone bankrupt but it was like a really high-end woman's shoe store so I worked there I had a couple hours a week and that still wasn't good enough for my parents they were like oh you're only working 15 hours a week no you need to work like 25 to 30 hours a week get a second job so sometimes I would be working a second job um like 579 also non-existent I don't know if you guys remember 579 um and then I also worked at like Bath and Body Works I mean I jumped around and then I picked up some more hours, grew within that retail industry, specifically in Baker's, and they made me a key holder. So I was a floor supervisor. And I remember saying, like, I don't really want to take this job because this isn't my end all. Like, I really want to, you know, pursue, pursue college and basically that this is like a, a fill-in. I just need money so that I can go to Friendly's and get ice cream and chicken fingers with my friends. <laughs> <laughs> That's, like, literally all I wanted to do. I'm like, I need, I need to make <laughs> Yes, I lived in Jersey, and, like, there's a friendlies on every corner. <laughs> like, how am I going to afford my friendlies and, like, the Deptford Mall? Like, I need that's all I wanted to do. Um, so, like, I worked there. I took the job because they're like, well, you've been here the longest. We're not going to give you full-time hours. And there was an, an instance where the manager had quit, and then our assistant manager had worked, like, seven days in a row. And I had opened the store that day, and I got a call from the regional manager. And the regional manager was like, hey – we need you to work a double and close. And I'm like, whoa, no, I have like schoolwork I have to complete. Like, I can't do this. And he's like, well, don't you think that you should figure out your schoolwork ahead? And I'm thinking in my head, I'm like, what? Like, I specifically said I didn't want to take this job and make it my all. So I gave him an hour extra of my day. And then when I realized no one else was coming to show up, I was like, peace. I called, <laughs> I, I called mall security and I said, hey, I just quit. I need you to come get the keys to the store. 
because I'm leaving. And then I address, <laughs> I address all the customers in the store at that moment. And I'm like, hey, everyone, you want to wrap up your purchases? That's great. I just quit my job. So I need to close up shop. <laughs> Were they so happy for you? Like the whole place probably cheered. Oh, my God. I think that is like the ultimate like big dick energy. Like just oh be like, God. Right, I'm out. <laughs> Yo, Liz has big balls. Liz is Liz big balls. Gorgeous. We'll go with your we'll go with your maiden name for that one. Yeah. <laughs> I actually love my maiden name. I swear, I'm, I don't recommend that doing that now. Like it was at the time, I'm like, I don't need this job. This job needs me. <laughs> I was like 17 years old. I'm like, it's fine, no big deal. Um, I mean, I, again, I don't really recommend it. <laughs> like I don't. I, it was one of those things where like I knew it was not my career path. Um, and I was young, so like I really didn't know any better. Right. But my friends well, do call me the runaway employee for other reasons. <laughs> I was gonna say you're talking to three girls who can't recommend quitting enough. <laughs> like I, I can't give highly recommend it. I can't give work advice anymore to my friends because I'm just like, so here's the thing: you should quit. <laughs> like any, like, they're like, this assignment's annoying, and I'm like, hey, what if you quit? Like, it's not helpful. I mean, quit. No, definitely quit. But maybe, like, don't shut the store down in the middle of the day. You know what I mean? <laughs> Fair enough. The call drama me. of it. Don't, don't call mall security to, like, come take the keys from you. Because you have no patience. No, but, I mean, I've done it. I did it two more times after that. Not not necessarily shut the store down. Right. But not the dramatic. I, not the dramatic way. I remember I, like, called out of one of my other retail stores. And it was, like, two hours before my shift. And the manager was like, you can't call out. You need to find someone to replace your shift if you're going to call out. And I'm like, what? So I just never showed up to that job ever again, thinking like, yeah. like well, I'm not going to come in. And I also can't find a replacement. So I guess I'm just never going to show up. Um, <laughs> problem and <then> solved. <laughs> problem solved. And then my first job out of college, I remember I was working like 8, 8.30 a.m. It was a marketing gig because I studied communications in college. Um, so I was working like 8, 8.30 in the morning, and I would say that it's like 10, 10, 30, 11 at night. And then I had to take the train um, from Philly back to Jersey, Lindenwald Station, and then drive home. And I remember just feeling like so anxious and overwhelmed. And I just, you know, I was making $33,000 a year, like to work that many. I mean, your first job out of college, like you take what you can get for the experience, right. you know. But it was like the amount of hours and how like sick it was making me. And then one day on my lunch break, I decided I just wasn't going back. <laughs> The runaway employee strikes again. <laughs> I swear. And then I got a call from my dad, and he's like, "Hey." I'm like, "Hey, dad." He's like, "I um just checking on you. Your job called me. They're worried about you." I listed my dad as my emergency contact, and so the job called my dad to be like, "Is your daughter okay?" I said, "Oh my god, dad, I'm fine. I'm on the train. I'm going back to Jersey. I'm done. I'm done here." <laughs> and that was no, it. No emergency needed. <laughs> And that, that's why I'm the runaway employee. But I'm happy to report I have never done anything unprofessional like that since. And that was 2012. So I have a good track record now. <laughs> Eight never solid years. Ever. Wait, snaps for the runaway. <laughs> yeah, snaps. Thank you. Um, I'll take but it. But I will say, I, I think there's something really telling about that. I think, I mean, obviously, it's, it's hilarious. And, like, I love that story. But... Um, I think something that you have when it comes to all those stories is the fact that you had like a gut feeling, you know, like you trusted your gut, you made a decision and you knew, you knew that you weren't be, you weren't tr being treated the right way or, mm -hmm. you know, respected in the way that like a work um, employee should be that you kind of just like rip the bandaid off. And I think a yeah. lot of people out there, you know, they keep that bandaid on for a really long time in hoping that one day it'll, it'll heal. But, um, you know, I think that's really cool that, that, that you have. And something that I think we all agreed when it came to like picking you as our first guest. <laughs> Thanks, guys. I appreciate it. It's also like a certain kind of mindset that you have. Like I realized the, the moment I met you that you were just somebody who just owned who she was. Like, and you just, like you were just so confident and it, it wasn't even like in a, in a cocky way at all. Like you just, you admit like you were so willing to be yourself and didn't really care what anybody else thought of you. So to even have that kind of confidence like in yourself to know that no matter what decision you decide to do you're going to be okay because you're going to make yeah. yourself okay yeah, yeah. I, thank you I appreciate it. that's really nice of you guys I mean I there's a thing I just you know my mom really instilled in me as a kid you don't ever want to get taken advantage of and that was a thing that I put in my own head like whether it's work personal relationships 
um, anything in your life. Why, why be unhappy and why be taken advantage of? That's just, it's right. not cool. It's not respectful. And I would never want to do that to anybody else. And mm -hmm. also like, I, you're, you're right. I've always just like been myself because take me or leave me as I am. I just do not care if you do not like me. I mean, to say that I don't care if you don't like me, that would be a lie. I think everyone inside feels a certain type of way. Like, why doesn't this person like me? Mm -hmm. Sometimes I like scroll through Instagram and I'll go on someone's page and I realize like I follow them and they used to follow me and I see they don't follow me anymore. I'm like, oh, <laughs> I get so offended. I'm like, what did I do? And then I realize, oh, I'm a loud ass opinionated person that puts everything out there and people don't have to agree and or have to like me. And that's fine. <laughs> you need that perspective. You know, you're like, what? I mean, I unfollow people all the time, but it's like, what, what did I do to you? Like that I personally offend you? You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. But then at the end of the day, you're like, you know what? What is the point of worrying about someone who doesn't really care for you? So just right. So, right. Right. Yeah, I love, right. that. I love that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's. I mean, oh my god, goals. Um, we so you need it in our podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I have to fix my bra. I'm wearing like a strapless, and I just have to like. You're not pulling. supposed to wear one. I know, you guys, but my boobs are really small, and like they make me feel like they're bigger. So leave me. <laughs> I'm like the opposite. My boobs are really big, and if I don't wear a bra, I'm like this hurts. <laughs> <laughs> Bras give me better shape. Let it be. <laughs> So, so, so Liz, at your current job now, what is your official title? Like, what do you do? Um, so I work in the talent acquisition field. I work in human resources department right now, but my official title is global talent acquisition. So I have been in recruiting for the last five or six years, never worked for an agency, um, always been an in-house recruiter. I love what I do. I get to talk to people on a regular basis. Like the job is the same every day, but the people you talk to are different. And actually the job that I'm in now is a little bit more different than all the other jobs I'm in, uh, I was in before. And I mean, I just, I, I think the company I'm in now, it's a UK based company. So they treat things a little differently. It's a global organization. There's five recruiters for like 200 jobs. Mm -hmm. um, so there's no way that between five recruiters, I'm the only one in the US, I have, three in the UK, one is in Australia and the other one's in Beijing, China. Our, our team would not be able to like do phone screens or whatnot. So what we do is we just basically like guide the process, help the hiring managers, um, put together like the content, what kind of questions that we should be asking, mm -hmm. what kind of pre-screen should be happening. And I remember when I started, I was hired to do the US and quickly after that, I was like helping recruiting in the UK and India. And so I had asked for a title change. I'm like, hey, you know, very politely, but again, go after what you want in life. I'm like, Hey, I just don't think that Love my that. title. Yeah. I'm like my title, I feel doesn't really reflect my current responsibilities and my manager. She's awesome. Um, she's like, okay, what are you thinking? And I just like gave her the name like global instead of us, you know, global resourcing specialist. And she's like done. She's like, I'll fill out the form, just do whatever. And I'll just, and that's what it is. Um, so it's cool. I mean, my job is, I really enjoyed it. I got to go to India. I've got to go that to London, so cool. I've got to go to Paris. Yeah, I mean, Gabby and I are like triggered by that story. <laughs> we fought for years for a title change. We like literally. That's really cool, though, Liz. Like the fact that, like, wow, that's really that's awesome. Good for you. Also, I think that's really, yeah, triggered. <laughs> triggered. Thank you. Stop laughing. Yeah, like that was that. That's I'm gonna be honest. Um. I wish but the no, video recordings were gonna go live of this with our hands on our forehead. Same. We all just had a. I'm also. <laughs> Also, because, you know, when we all went together, I think we all had that in common. Yeah. <laughs> I got you. But, like, you know you, you know your worth. And, like you said, like, go after mm -hmm. what you want and, like, understand yeah, that, that, like. That's exactly what I was going to say, too. Yeah, the fact that you were just, like, you know, and I want, and I knew what I wanted and, and, I, and I deserved it. And I was, like, oh, wait, I, yeah. Because like, some people feel happen? guilty for that, you know. Some they people, tell you no. Yeah. <laughs> like, I'm, like, okay, quit. <laughs> and it's so, yeah. <laughs> Aside from that too, like I think the way Liz breaks down shit is like most people would like make themselves sick worrying about like asking for a title change and like have the nerve to do it. But it is something that's so easy to do. Like, no, it's not. It's simple. It's not easy. So I think just the way like your whole outlook on that, like, like, yeah, that's amazing. I'm called a U.S. recruit. I'm called U.S. and I'm sourcing from India and the U.K., just doesn't make sense. Like, just makes sense. boom, done. 
just doesn't make sense. <laughs> Guys, I have to say too, like even at um, my last job before here, the place we all work together, you can cut that out well if you like, but my, <laughs> we'll leave it at. <laughs> Here's the tea, Will, are you ready? This is it, minute 22, here comes the tea. <laughs> all right. All right, the last job that I was at, um, I was in a little bit of a different position in recruiting than the rest of my colleagues were. And so we were heavily commission-based. That was the job. You had a base and then you had commission. And I remember thinking, like, I'm probably not even making as much as my counterparts are just because my role is different, not because I wasn't good at the job. So I remember I wrote a letter. I looked up, like, a template and I wrote a letter to my boss at the time. And I got laughed at. I got laughed at that I wrote a letter with like all the reasons why I deserved a raise. And from that point on, I remember like, he's like, you really wrote a letter? I'm like, it's, that's the right thing to do. Like when someone's asking for a raise, you have, it's professional. Like you have to outline, you know, what you were brought in to do and then how your role has transformed into what you're doing now and why you deserve that money. But I mean, even like that, I've always tried to take, it's funny because I started off like, you know, in high school, like runaway employee. And then I got like, <laughs> right. I'm like, right, I want to raise and I have to do, I need to write it out in a letter. <laughs> That's gross, you know? Like, like, gross, Googling templates. Like, yeah, Googling templates. Like a formal letterhead, break. yeah. <laughs> she used to leave work on her lunch break and not come back. Now she takes no. lunch breaks to write letters. <laughs> to Google. Now I'm like, hey, I'd like a title change, please. Hi, I'd like a raise, please. <laughs> uh. But it is also about like finding that that career, like that company that fits you, like fits your goals, like mm -hmm. allows you to kind of prioritize what you want. So it's like if you don't want to be working from eight to eight and you're willing to say, OK, I'm not going to be making six figures, but I'm going to have time to myself make the sacrifice. Like it, You have to know what you want and be ready to go after what you want. Work life balance. <laughs> Who ever heard of That's it? That's my. <laughs> That is my number one thing when I, you know, I'm working. So I thought I was a money motivated person, but I'm like, money is not my number one. My number one is, first of all, I love to travel. Like traveling is my go-to. I try to make it a goal to go. Unfortunately, 2020 is not allowing me to fill those goals. But my goal is to hit at least two new countries a year. Um, and then I have a lifelong goal of hitting at least every continent once. So Antarctica, it'll be, that'll be interesting. I guess that's going to have to be a cruise, but... I, um, this job, the job just allowed me to have that work-life balance. Um, and then Your also allowed me to travel. My current job. Yes. Sorry. I should have specified that. My current job, work-life balance is number one. I have an amazing, um, team. My boss is based out of the UK. I, like I said before, like I got to go visit Oxford, London, Paris, India, all because of this job. And the awesome opportunity that is you make what you want of it. Uh, so when I was out yep. there, of course, I wasted no time in going to see different sites that I could see mm -hmm. while I was there, which is cool. It's cool. That's amazing. That's incredible. Yeah. Yeah. That sounds like an awesome, awesome job that you have. That's really cool. Thanks. Uh, well, yeah. No, I always, it's like a goal, you know, you just got to put it in your head of what sure. you want. And then it, sometimes it doesn't happen right away. I remember telling my mom and dad when I was a kid, I'm like, I want to work for an international company and I want to travel for my job. And then my mom said to me recently, she's like, look at you. She's like, you're working for an international company and you travel for your job. And I'm like, I know, mom, I don't know how it happened. <laughs> I did it. It took me walking out of three jobs, but I did it. Yeah. I counted five jobs. <laughs> we did it. Liz, you failed to mention our favorite job of yours, which is going to come which up again at the end it? of this. Um, we love that you worked at Lowe's love we um, love it we're like obsessed that nice. you were like a lowe's employee we love it <laughs> i the girl I know knows what you buy first i do i know my pressure treated wood I, I know it all but it's so funny because i need a new flapper inside of my toilet tank and i said to dave this is gonna be fun in plumbing we need to go to home depot or lowe's more so lowe's obviously i'm a supporter i'm like it's gonna be in the plumbing department i know exactly what aisle let's go i know how to put it in let's do it <laughs> <laughs> I can thank Liz. At the time, we, we know, love really a woman that does her own home improvement. We also, that you know what a flapper is. Is that the technical? Yeah, can you explain that to somebody? Is flapper a technical term? I believe it is. Don't quote me on that. But so if you open up your toilet tank, there's two reasons why your water tank, why your water might be running in the toilet. And it's either the flapper is not sealed, so your water keeps mm -hmm. running through the bowl, and or the like, I don't know what this part's called, the toggle where you flush the flusher. 
that could be messed up as well. Yeah. But in my toilet, it's 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 the flapper. It's not sealed. <laughs> Seal that flapper. I literally took notes as you were talking. I'm like, okay, okay, go home, check the flapper. We have to add this to the description and learn plumbing through it. Yeah, like, like so all of her skills and assets she's bringing to the podcast. Plumbing. 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 Oh my god, that is incredible. Guys, I have my own tool gun. I have my own like power drill. Like mine. Yes, you do. Yes, you do. I I just hung up this heaviest mirror with the two hooks in it with a level on top. I mean, I mean I put anchors in the wall and then after the anchors I put the screws. Guys, I am a woman that likes to get shit done and I wait for no one. I love it. (laughs) Oh my god, I love that. (laughs) Like my husband might be able to do it, but I want I'm like, I need it done now, not like give me five minutes next week, the weekend. No, no, I want it done right now. I want my heavy mirror. I want it on the wall so I can put my ring light up and I can take selfies. (laughs) No, like, hello, it's not that difficult. Figure it out. No. Um, No, but Lowe's, Lowe's, I remember shitting on Lowe's when I was in college because I'm like, I don't want to do this. But guess what? I made my best friends from, like, my, literally, my bridesmaids came from Lowe's. I'm still friends with them. Even the managers that I work with, most of the people that I worked with at Lowe's, they, they really became a family. Um, and Lowe's is a great company to work for. They really provide a lot. And again, it's like, you don't really notice things until you're, mm-hmm. you know, at a certain point in life. Like when you look back you, at the time, you're like, I hate it. And then you look forward, you're like, wow, I was actually really lucky to work for a company like that. Even, I mean, they don't pay minimum wage. They paid higher than minimum wage. And, you know, even like the, during the pandemic, I think they paid hazard pay. Mm-hmm. Too, that's amazing. So, well, so that's I worked there. The pandemic. Yeah. How, how has uh, the global pandemic, like, how has that affected your work currently? You are working from home, correct? Yeah, so I'm working from home. Um, lucky, lucky for us, we were allowed to work from home before this anyway. So we were allowed to work from home like two to three times a week. Uh, and we may come up our own hours. Like as long as we're in meetings, we can work between the hours of like 730 and 930 anyway. Like I said, the most flexible job ever. Wow. Um, but, you know, recruiting is it's we're still recruiting but it's really at a minimal it's for like essential jobs uh jobs that are going to really like move us forward i work for an academic publishing company um publishing apparently is considered essential i didn't know that but that's awesome to know we yeah. even like launched like this yeah we launched like this microsite for the coronavirus all this research and whatnot that you can like look up it's pretty cool oh, um, awesome. but, it, but you know aside from that our company i'm really proud to say we you know, we didn't do any layoffs, which is awesome. This big organization, they, we did like this redeployment project. So we have redeployed people within the company that are slower in other areas. And then other parts have picked up even myself. I've been redeployed to sales, so I'm still doing my job. Uh, but instead of working like the full, like 35 hours in that position, I'm then now dedicating like a couple hours a week to help sales out because they're super busy selling eBooks and whatnot to universities. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, really cool. Like, and it's awesome. Like things I'm learning about, like how colleges work and how like teachers and instructors pick books. Like I had no idea, but here I am learning about it in my current company and and I love it. I mean, I really do. Like it's it's weird to say like you love what you do, but like I love what I do and I love my job. Um, and I think it's like the whole thing. It's like the people you work with, the atmosphere, the flexibility, the work-life balance, Mm -hmm. it all goes hand in hand. So yeah, um, it's cool. It's, it's, it's an interesting time for I think recruiters in general, mm-hmm. because a lot of companies, I'm sure you guys seen it in the news like a lot, and even on like LinkedIn, all these articles pop up. A lot mm-hmm. of companies have froze recruitment because of the money. They want to do more of like a cost savings type of thing. So we're, I feel fortunate that I'm in a position that we still are able to recruit and that I'm still working. Yeah, that's, sure. that's really great. And yeah. at, and like for, um, you know, obviously we are in the middle of a pandemic and and um, a lot of jobs have been affected right now. People are losing jobs, people are working less, you know, a lot of things go into it. As a recruiting specialist, is there any advice that you could give to anybody who's listening that is going through that right now? Yeah, I would say, look, you're not alone in this, um, more so now than ever. There's a lot of people in that position. It's, It's not encouraging. I'm sure that doesn't really make anyone really feel better. But networking is really important. So if you're able to, LinkedIn is like my go-to. And I know, you know, I live on there because of my job. But even as a candidate, 
you can sign up for job alerts so that when jobs open up in the field or an area that you're interested in, you'll get notified. They like pop up on your on your page, like based off your profile that's filled out, based off like what you select. That's a really big thing to do. Networking with people. Um, if someone reaches out to you for a phone call, take the phone call. Even if you are currently working and you're not looking for a job, I always tell people just take the call. You really have no idea who that person knows and where those doors lead. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe not now, maybe like in a year, maybe two years, maybe in six months. You just really don't know. Like what, what does it hurt to take a phone call? Yeah, that's something? a great yeah. piece of advice. That's incredible. Yeah. I feel like people are so closed off to that where they're like, no, I'm happy in my position. Like I don't want to waste their time, mm-hmm. but like you're not like you're building that relationship and, um, making that connection, which I think people like undervalue. Um, yeah. But that leads me to another question, um, about making meaning- meaningful connections. Like what are ways that people can kind of set themselves apart candidates really when they're searching for a job? How can they like cultivate that relationship and really kind of like go the extra mile to make sure that they're getting the attention that they want from recruiters? Yeah. So that's, you know, I thought about this question too, because I think that's a really tough question. It also depends where you are in the stage in the recruitment stage. So I think when you're just an applicant and you're applying, I would say look people up on LinkedIn. Again, I know I'm going to say LinkedIn a lot, but go online, go to the company's website, figure out the big players there, and then see if there's like contact information on there. Um, So for instance, I'm applying to like a marketing position. I might go to the company's page, see who's like, you know, maybe the, um, the, ma- the manager for that department, um, the HR person for that company, reach out to the recruiter, the HR person. Even if you can't find the manager, if you find someone who is in marketing in that company, be like, hey, I saw this job. I'm not sure if you're the right person to reach out to, but I'm really interested. Do you mind letting me know if you know who's in charge of this position or putting my name in the ringer for me? It's mm-hmm. just kind of like getting your, your name and face out there. But I have to say, HR people and recruiters are bombarded left and right constantly all the time. Like we're constantly like people just send me their resumes without even like a note attached. I'm like, what am I like? I don't have the time to just like look at your resume because you just right. sent it from nowhere. But I do look at meaningful notes that are attached. And even if I can't help them and you know, you're going to find a lot of mixed messages with this. I take pride in my job. So I will respond to the message from the person, even if I don't have mm-hmm. a job with them. Like, hey, just want to let you know I got your information. Thank you so much for reaching out. And if I can't help them in my current company, but I know someone who may be looking for that type of skill set, I would say, hey, we're not looking, but I actually know someone or a company who would really use someone like you with those skill sets. And yeah. that's, you know, it's it's a it's really a 50-50 chance whether or not that person yeah. can come back to you. But um, they're definitely they- going to have a better chance if they're making the effort to, like, personalize their, their outreach, like, making – the, like using the research um, or like the information available to them to like make sure they're they're like putting their best foot forward, not just sending you a resume. A hundred percent. Think about like all the research skills that people put into like stalking other people, like whether it's like yeah. an ex, like how do you find <laughs> your ex's new girlfriend's brother's sister's cousin that you saw such and such in the back? Like how how are you able to find that? But you can't find who the marketing manager is. Like come exactly. on guys, priorities. Right. <laughs> Figure it out. Like, I just it just goes to show you that you really you know if you really want something, you're going to go after. It, you're going to figure it out. Um, mm-hmm. Google's a great resource. It, that sounds really logic logical. Mm-hmm. Um, people 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 don't know that. Google has like a plethora of knowledge for us. It's like my go-to. You know what I mean? Like, can't figure something out? Google, YouTube. Mm-hmm. Um, my mom but- acts like I'm tech support because I Google things. Google I'm like, things. how to restart the modem? And she's like, how did you know that? I'm like, I Googled it. Whereas, whereas most people just put a status on Facebook for other people <laughs> to try and chime in. I can't. I love it. I saw like what's open during the yellow phase right now. I'm like, there's this thing called Google.com. And <laughs> like you can actually look it up. But putting Crazy. it out in the world where people have no idea what the frig they're talking about. Like it's funny, people have no idea what they're talking about half the time. No. Like I'm no. like, I trust nothing of what you say. Like, I'll figure it out. Thank you. Now Google does snippets too, where they'll like snip part of the article that like literally directly or like shows you the part of the YouTube video you want to watch. Seconds forty seven to one hundred and thirty or to one minute and thirteen seconds are what you're looking for. Just watch that part. Like they couldn't make it easier. (laughs) 
I, I, I don't, I have no words. That's all. <laughs> but to oh, go back, Google, might, Google might have words. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Gab. I agree. Wait, to go back, to go back on one of the things you said, because I know we talked about this before, whereas you didn't realize how important mark, um, marketing and networking yourself was because you always had this, like, in your head, you're like, well, I don't want to use anybody. Like, this is so weird. Like, I want to get this job on my set, my own. And even like Gabby, like, and Carly being like entrepreneurs on their own too. Like, you really have to like put yourself out there. And I just think it's important to note that like people it's not about using anybody. You do know what I mean? Like, it's like, in, yeah. you, you can't do everything by yourself. Toxic trait. So true. So true. You, you know, that's another thing. Like uh, the more you, the older you get, the more you really learn. And that, that's also very logical. But I remember straight out of school, I'm like, I'm not going to network with anyone. I don't want my mom's brother, sister's friend to put me in touch with stuff. I'm like, no, I'm like, I am going to find it on my own. Like I'm going to do it by myself. I did actually, but as, as I got older, I realized like the importance of just, you know, it's being stubborn almost like stop being stubborn, just mm -hmm. let your guard down, let someone help you. You don't have to do everything alone in this world. Like if it's there, use it as a resource, mm -hmm. a stepping stone. Yeah. And at the end of the day, you don't just get handed jobs. Like you may, you know, you're mm -hmm. given that introduction, but you then are selling yourself. That person is going to make a decision whether or not you're fitted for that job, that opportunity, or, or whatever the case may be. It's not like, this is my daughter, she'd be great, and they're like, oh, great, you're hired, because I know mm -hmm. your mom, and she's great, you know what I mean? It's, it doesn't work <laughs> like that. It's like, you. I hope it doesn't work like that. Right. Um, but still work to be we're not in politics, yeah. this group, yeah. we're not. That's not, yeah. that's not our field. That's a good point, Carly. <laughs> in our true. experience, that's not how it works. But yeah, like, like I said, take the phone call, um, network where you can, go to networking events, ask your friends, like, is your company hiring? You never know. You really just mm -hmm. really don't know. And how fun is it to work with your friends, even if it's not the same department? It's still fun knowing that right. you can go to lunch with them, you know? Yeah. Um, and we we don't even work together anymore. We're still friends. Exactly. Yeah. We're, like, closer <laughs> than ever. Yeah. I, do, I wrote down lists. I wrote a list of all my tips. It's just, it's very long. <laughs> you know, we love that. Uh, yeah, I want to hear them all. Yeah, yeah. I'll we also are going off. to share them. Um, <laughs> yeah. I want a screenshot <laughs> of it. Yeah, <laughs> I will. I can write them all down for you guys too, or like I can run through them. And if you have a question about one of them, you can ask. But one is objectives versus summaries. Like on resumes, objectives are not a thing anymore. Like everyone's objective is to get a job, and right. a summary a summary is not even needed. But if you're like transitioning from one um, area to another maybe a summary will be helpful for you, like explaining how your skills are transferable and why you're looking to move from marketing to sales. I mean, they go hand in hand. You yeah. know, so that's that's important. Then there is, um, I really wanted to just stress that there is no right or right, right? I cannot speak. There is no <laughs> right or wrong way to write a resume. A lot of people will say like, how, what's my format? And really at the end of the day, we just want to see like bullet points. I want to read concise, clear things. Um, start every single one of your bullets with an action verb of an action verb, an action word, which is a verb. <laughs> um, and then also resumes. Now people are constantly looking for how you made an impact or any achievements. Mm -hmm. So for me, I, as an example, as a recruiter, maybe, you know, a lot of, a lot of, um, HR departments will use agency recruiters to help them recruit and you have to pay a fee. So, I could say, you know, save the company X amount of money mm -hmm. by me doing sourcing as opposed to going, you know, out of house outsourcing. So like figure that out. How, how did you save money? Did you have a budget that you worked with? If you had a budget, were you able to save money on it? But like, those are the things. So under each job, you can list what you've done, but don't forget to add your achievements and how you made an impact because that's what employers really want to see now. Everyone can work Microsoft Word. We mm -hmm. hope everyone is happy. <laughs> We hope. I mean, and if you don't know those things, because that's, you know, some people go to trees and that's awesome. That's, that's another route to go, but, um, there is no right or wrong way. Um, a little tip that people forget is past jobs. Make sure that everything's in past tense. So when you're looking at someone's resume, the only thing that should say, you know, um, I'm blanking out here, but for instance, write and review resumes all day. If that's my current job, that's great. But if that's my past job and I'm in a new position, then obviously that's being right. passed down. Like wrote resumes, reviewed resumes. 
things of that oh, nature. I didn't, I didn't even think of that one. I'm learning oh. so much. I know. Yeah. yeah. Don't leave it in present tense because it's kind of confusing. Like you'll see like the day the right. person left and then you'll see that everything's still in present tense and you're like, well, what's happening here? <laughs> um, keep hobbies off the resume. I, that's, I don't know why people put like surfing. Like why, why do I need to know what you want? I see it all the time. People put their hobbies on their resumes. I'm like, what are we doing here? I'm like, no. <laughs> That's funny. I think the the last time I did that when I was trying to get a job at the mall when I was 16. 16. I was just about. You know what I mean? Like, that's that's the last time I can ever think of being like, um, I really like walking my dog. Um, I'm on the volleyball team. Like, things like that. (laughs) Because you had no work experience. You had to sell yourself. I have a great personality. I, it's it's so interesting to me that people like to put their hobbies. I don't know. Maybe like that's what they're being taught in school now. I don't. That for me is a no. Yeah. It's not going to help me distinguish whether or not you're good for the job. Um, what else do we have? Then tailoring your resume to the job. That's a big one. Like you don't want a resume for a one size fits all. It doesn't work that way. So look at the job. Look at the bullet points of what the requirements are of the job, and then tailor your resume. Like use some of the same keywords that are in the job description in your resume. This way, wow. people like the keywords will show up in the ATS, and ATS is an applicant tracking system. It's where your stuff goes when you apply. Wow, um, and then good they- insider info. Yeah, that was yeah. crazy. Yes, girl. Yeah. Yes. There's keywords. Clever. Clever girl. Uh, and this is like another really big one, and I myself just learned this recently. Um, but let's say you're focused on, I'll use myself as an example, like I'm focused on recruiting jobs. But I mean, my past jobs, I was in marketing. So I did communication jobs. I've done social media jobs. I did marketing jobs. I was in the casino industry. I don't want to leave that off my resume, right? Like I want to show that mm-hmm. when I graduated college, there's no gap between my graduation date and when I like started working in recruitment. But I also know I don't want my resume to be pages long because no one wants to look at pages and pages of resumes. Right. And that those things in the past don't necessarily relate back to the job. So keep your current, like what you're looking for, keep those jobs on the resume that relate back to that job that you're applying for. But everything else can be listed at the bottom of your resume. So I would put company, the title that you had and the years you worked there. And then beneath that company, the title that you held, the year you worked, the years you worked there. This way they could see that, okay, she worked as like an entertainment social media manager. She worked Mm -hmm. as a marketing assistant. She worked as this. But they don't need to see what I did. It's not related to the recruiting job that I'm applying right. for currently. Gotcha. Gotcha. Very good. Very good. To make distinct. So those are just like a few things. I mean, I could definitely like, you know, email you guys all this fun stuff. Please. So you guys have yeah, it. yeah. These yes. will be in this yes. will be in our resources. Um our resources highlight? What are they called? Yeah. So yeah. On, our, on our Instagram story, it'll be a highlight page. So we'll be able to share this with everybody who's listening so they can oh, use, you know, some of these tips and tri- tricks uh, from you. Cool. Right, because I'll definitely like, send it. We brought you to the table, and then you brought this to the table. Yeah. <laughs> hey. <laughs> and oh, man, so that- this table full. You got a lot of tips and tricks. It's awesome. That's so crazy about the whole resume stuff. Because it was actually a question that I was going to ask you that I just had written down. It's like, do resumes really have to be a certain type of look and feel? You know, I mean, I do the same thing. I Google templates. I'm yeah. like, oh, this one kind of feels nice. <laughs> No, I, you know what I think too, um, unless you're looking for like a graphic designer job, try not to make your resume like graphic designy because again, it's being uploaded into a system and that stuff gets lost. Mm, So unless, unless, yeah, unless you're emailing your resume directly to like an email address, that's a little bit different. But for the most part, I would say, try not to make it like fluffy and pretty. There's no need again, unless you're looking for like a creative role where they need to see that that's totally different. Um, and then also like, I would say just don't put any paragraphs on your resume and you don't need to put like in this job, I did this. Like you just want to bullet and just put down what you were doing. And again, your right. objective or your, not your focus objective, on the main words. I have a question. Impacts achievement. So, well, obviously one of the myths I heard was that resume should be one page. Um, I'm assuming that's still true. Cause that's how I've always like done resumes. But are cover letters still a thing? Is that if that's even like what you call? Oh if, is that what they're called? Wait, good question. Yeah, yeah. cover letters. It's a it's a cover letter. So to your first point, resumes don't have to be just one page. Like if you've okay. been working for ten years, how the hell are you going to have a mm-hmm. one page resume? Mm-hmm. Right. That you're. I mean, if you guys Google this, 
like I don't have all the right or wrong, all the right or wrong answers. I don't have all the right answers for you. Um, I think if you talk to a different recruiter, each person's going to give you a different response. You know, like yeah. there is no, it's not black and white. It's very, very gray. Do I want to read a five page resume? No, I would say maybe right. like two pages max, especially, I mean, if you're doing the same thing in every job that you've had, you don't mm -hmm. need to repeat yourself in every job. Like they mm -hmm, know right. you can do that. Why are you putting it for each job? Take it out. Um, so maybe like two pages, if you've been in it for a long time, maybe like three pages at max. I mean, that's pushing it a little bit, but like, it is hard to keep a one pager. I, if you're afraid, like fresh out of school and you're still entry level. Yeah. A one page is perfectly acceptable. Like what, what are you putting on your resume that your hobbies? hobbies. <laughs> one page work experience second page all hobbies everything yeah. i enjoy um, and then the cover letters so again really interesting point um i know our company we're removing that because i mm -hmm. and it's in in my opinion no one's really reading them now yes and, i always and, always wondered that like do people actually read them no it's so, so competitive i would say this let's say there are 10 applicants out of the 10 applicants five are all qualified and they're equally qualified. Now I'm like looking at all five resumes and I see maybe someone put the effort to put the cover letter in. I will, I will look at it at that point to see like, I'm like, well, one, it shows me that they took an extra step, which speaks mm -hmm. volume to their character. I'm not saying it's necessary, but I'm saying it's to me again, personal, per personal preference, personal, everything. I've, right. I've written a cover letter for all of my jobs. Um, I just thought that it was going to be something that would make me stand out. Carly, this goes back to your original question um, when you asked me earlier about like how can you stand out. But if if no one's really looking at them, then it's not going to help you. But I, it doesn't it doesn't hurt. Like, is it going to take more out of your personal time to do it? Right. Yes. But if there's like five people across the board and I'm the only one with a cover letter, at least that person will see that I put that extra effort into it, right. and they can even read about my experience as opposed to just like looking at it. So, no, you don't need one. Are they nice to have? Yes. But I, as a recruiter, would not disqualify you for not having a resume. Unless specifically okay. the job. If the job description says cover letter required, do right. it. Because that may mean the hiring manager is being really picky mm -hmm. and finicky. Mm -hmm. Sometimes hiring managers like, are really hard to get through. Hiring managers think they know everything. They think they, they it's like they have no idea what goes on in the recruiting world. So I took like this course on like recruitment and how we can like search people on the open web and whatnot to source them. So it was really interesting to see stats. Like a lot of old school recruiters think phone calling people at their current jobs is the right way to go or calling people in general. And there's a huge statistic out there. I should, I should probably find it in my notes. They prefer an email, not a phone mm -hmm. call. Agreed. So I, I would prefer that. Me too. Well, you're working. Why would you pick up your work call and take a call about another job at your on your work phone? Right. What? Yeah. Oh, yeah. You're right. What this you is actually like? before I left my previous job. It was the, for some reason I was working in recruiting, like working with recruiting to to do basically like case studies on how candidates communicate. And yeah. <laughs> Liz is blessing herself. Um, and we, we were doing like focus groups and different um, survey studies and things like that to, to learn how our candidates preferred to be communicated with. And it was the same thing. You're just seeing it like a trend in the way that people communicate. And it's like, we prefer email. We prefer text messages, things that are more discreet. Also, who answers phone calls? Like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, well, I, I think it, I think it comes down to also, like, I think people want a choice in the matter if they want to respond to you or not. So with a phone call, like I, even today, like, I really don't like getting phone calls because I feel like I'm like on the spot. I don't know what this person's going to say. I have no idea. Whereas like, if you, if you put yourself all out there in an email that I, 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 I like that. And I would prefer that a hundred percent. Me too. Me too. It I doesn't make sense to just like bombard somebody with phone calls constantly um, when that's not their preference. You know what I mean? I think it turns people off also. If yeah. they want to get back, if right. you're engaging, if you're good at marketing the job, selling job, engaging it in words, they're going to, they're going to get back to you. Mm -hmm. um, you know what I mean? Like as a recruiter, when I have to reach out to people when I'm looking to fill a hard to fill job and there's not applicants that fit what I need, I have to turn myself into a marketer and figure out how can I get this person to respond back to my message? Because it yeah. looks like they're working. They're not, you know, why would you want to answer me? Yeah. I just try to find something in their LinkedIn profile that, um, I can connect with. And make that mm -hmm. connection with them, whether it's like the same college oh, we went awesome. to, or like, was it a, like, you know, 
Uh, were you part of a sorority that this person was? Do you know somebody that this person may know? Like just anything that's going to give you an edge and make them feel a little bit more comfortable. And shows and shows that like, you know, that you've done research on right. them. There's nothing worse that like if you have a title that says like, let's say your title's like senior specialist and someone's reaching out to you about like a coordinator role, mm-hmm. then I'm not gonna answer you. Like you're not reading, you're just spamming me. You're not even right. reading my LinkedIn profile. Another tip for you guys. Make sure your LinkedIn profile matches your resume because we look yeah. at that. I don't know why sometimes I look at a resume and the dates are completely skewed from the LinkedIn ro- like profile. I'm like, where are you lying on your resume or are you lying on your LinkedIn? Like what? Now you're a we liar. Know that you're now liar. Liar. <laughs> we know that you're a liar. Now, now I can't call you because you're a liar. <laughs> Damn, I'm straight up going to have to go look at my LinkedIn profile and my resume. <laughs> But it, wait, it's so funny what we were saying about emails, though, because I treat, like, unexpected emails as, like, mail. Like, I get so excited. So if I were to see a personalized email from somebody, 100% reading it, 100% engaging in it. Like, at that, it means something. It really does. That yeah. extra step. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I like, agree. Uh, my favorite ones, and I get them a lot, are like this. Hey, Becky. It's not even my name. Hey, Becky. <laughs> like, now you know they're just copying and pasting it. And it's like. Your resume looks like, or I'm sorry, your, your profile looks like it would match this job. Click this link to apply. <laughs> what? Who's Becky? What are you? <laughs> Wait, and then what? you click the link and it's for like a, it's for like, um, like <laughs> the cafeteria person in a nursing home. And I'm like, what the fuck? I'm like, I worked in restaurants. I just, I'm in a cafeteria at a nursing home. I've actually responded back to some of those people to give them advice. I'm like, hey, you and I are in the same oh, position. I right love I'm like, you're a recruiter. I'm a recruiter. We're both recruiters. Like, I just want to let you know that you're doing it wrong. Like, this is not how you go about it. Google <laughs> like, it. I love that. Google, Google it. Google it. <laughs> like, what do you need help with? There are so many things for you. What is happening? Um... Yeah, man, you guys, it's a wild industry, I guess, if you really think yeah. about it. Everything sounds so second nature to me because I've been doing it, but I guess when you Wait. talk to people on the outside. Wait, yeah, like but, in the last but, half hour, I've learned like eight new yeah. things. So much. And we already had a conversation. Oh, that's <laughs> true. We know you. Also, we all, also, we all have, have Google on our phone. Also, we all have Google on our phone. <laughs> Google. Um, <laughs> Liz, I have a question. Yes. Um, since you're a recruiter, I'm like, I've always wondered this, like, do before hiring a candidate for a position, um, do companies look at people's social media and how they represent themselves on like Facebook or Instagram? Like, is that a, is that a thing now? Because um, like it's so like social like social media is such a a, a pro- predominant thing right now that every we know everybody has and is using it. So I always wondered like you know, I think do they it look? depends. I think it really depends on the industry. Uh, and then like the target, like, who are you targeting for this job? Is it a millennial? Is it an older generation? Um, I have to say in my current job, I have not looked at anyone's social media. Mm-hmm. You okay. remember, like you have to remember like the kind of industry I work in. I work in an academic publishing company. So a lot of the people that apply are have like PhDs, like yeah. multiple, yeah. And they're like professors or instructors. It's not to say that in a professor or instructor or someone of that stature, can't be stupid on social media. I mean, we're humans. We all have opinions. We all put things out there. So it's not to say anything on that. And um, my last job, the job we all worked at, 100% we looked at their social media. Everything. All of it. We would try to stalk you. And not stalk you, but like just kind of see like what kind of person you are. Um, and it's not to make judgments on the kind of person you are. But if you have drugs and guns laid out in pictures... I don't think that we want to hire you. Right. Because, like, I mean, what kind of message are you sending? How are you portraying right. yourself by, like, putting out, like, you know, maybe, like, a million guns in a picture and then, like, weeds surrounding the guns? I mean, right. that – would you want that person working next to you? They could be, like, the best person in the world, but perception is reality, and that, to me, would not yeah. make you comfortable. Right. Um, and then before that, I worked for a cruise line company in Connecticut. I had lived in Connecticut for a little bit, and – a lot of our job was filling positions on the boats. So there would be, you know, young, young people, millennials. So anyone that was looking for like an internship in the summer, if you worked in hospitality, let's say you were a hospitality major mm-hmm. and you were looking to get experience, they would work on the boats. So they would be a server, a deckhand, um, any, any kind of like hospitality job that you could think of on a boat, 100% we'd be looking at their social media accounts as well. 
Yeah, but again, like in sense. this job, this job, I haven't looked at social media accounts at all. And then the other couple of jobs, I think too, it's like how much interaction are you going to have with those types of people? Right. Um, right. Or those people are going to have, uh, again, like it's just, it's, it's interesting to, to say the least. But, I probably shouldn't say this, but if you go really, really, really far back in my tagged photos on Instagram, like freshman year of college, my nipples hell. <laughs> <laughs> You're Marley lying. said that so everybody can go look. <laughs> go look at Carly's yeah, nipples. I'm not friends. friends. Wait, wait. I'm not friends with the girl who tagged me in the photo. We like on Halloween when we were freshmen in college, we all got drunk in the dorms because everyone left and all of us were like out of state students. So like there were like this weird mod podge when we were 18 and we got hammered and then it was I was in Alabama, so it was like kind of warm out. One of the dares and like through the day, we were like walking each other on leashes. We were licking stuff off of weird places. And then we were in the pool in our underwear. And we thought it was so cute. We're hammered. I pose for the photo. I'm in an airy bra. And everyone posts the photo because they're like, we're so cute and fun. And then I wake up the next morning and my nipple was everywhere. No one saw it. It was just kind of out of the bra, like the cup of the bra. (laughs) I don't even remember which one it was. But I was like, oh, my God. And now I don't talk to the girls anymore because it was freshman year of college. Like, who? I, I, I mean, I lost touch with a lot of them. And I'm just like, do I just like message them? Like, could you take this down? That's <laughs> funny. I hope I hope people are not spending that much time going that deep. Well, it's so funny. I, mean, I feel like in, I feel in high school, I think they instilled in us like whatever you do, you can't take it off. Yeah. The like all this stuff. But I'm like, and nowadays, like the internet, like the internet is a platform, and like social media, mm-hmm. it, it's not as negative as it. I think it was originally looked at because I think it just intimidates people be it did I do some dumb shit hundred thousand percent like if if you were to really go like if you were to look at like the second page on maybe Google which is like I feel like the the, the black internet or what's it called like the dark web (laughs) what the fuck the dark web so it's just like yeah if you were to look on anybody's I think like the second page of their Google it's bad shit but I don't I don't think in my opinion I don't obviously I'm not a recruiter I don't think it's as looked at as it once was. Wait, yeah, I'm I, back I, on my Instagram and it's down. So sorry, everyone. You can't find my nipple. I wish it was. I would have showed wow. it to you guys. <laughs> find the picture. I you can see it. your nipple on like Carly. Be looking for it. <laughs> um, where's your nipple at? Just, like, <laughs> I'm actually kind of disappointed. It was like kind of like my claim to fame. I'd be like, my nipple was on Instagram before they started censoring them. Fuckers. Wow, um, yeah, right. But. Sorry. <laughs> um, Liz, we have a game we want to play with you. Did you see it in our oh my God, mysterious yes. game okay. that we think you're going to love? All right. Uh, yeah, it says you'll love it or something. And I said, I can't hey, wait. I love it all. Let's, it's going to be like a fire round of questions. Yeah. It's like rapid things. fire. You have like 10 yeah. seconds to answer. Oh, God. I'm um, scared. Okay. Are you ready? All right. I'll ask the first one. Okay. Okay. What countries does Lowe's sell in? United States of America and Canada. Any Ooh. others? Is that your final answer? That's my final answer. <laughs> According to Google. <laughs> Go. They're also in Mexico and Australia. But honestly, 50, 50% of the answers you got correct. That's really wow. good. Yeah, that was pretty good. And, yeah. and you, you, you uh, answered that very wait. quick. In what? Liz's defense, did it? Is this a new thing? Ooh. Like, did maybe, they expand? Maybe they expanded over the past ten years or so. Who's yep. You're Google right. Google it's fifty fifty. <laughs> All right, Liz. Number two. Where is Lowe's headquarters located? Oh man, Georgia. <laughs> <laughs> is that your final answer? <laughs> Or Texas, or neither. Um, I'm gonna stick with Georgia. <laughs> I'm gonna pee myself. It is not Georgia. It is Morrisville, North Carolina. <laughs> Damn it! I knew it was one of those, you know, one of the southern states. <laughs> I, I get what you were trying to say, Liz. I understood. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Third question. What what year was the Lowe's website launched? 1991. <gasps> oh. Oh. Plus that was four. So close. 
Oh man, I was just trying to think. I was born in ninety, so I'm like, didn't like the World Wide Web become a thing? And I'm like, it had to be soon after. (laughs) They were a little behind the times. Yeah, they were a little behind the times. (laughs) Nineteen ninety-five. All right, ready? There's only five questions, so you're almost done. Um, What year was Lowe's founded? 1872. (laughs) (laughs) That one was pulled right out of the ass. It's actually 1946. (laughs) (laughs) Guys, I feel like I should know all this. Wait, I have this question. This is a chance to redeem yourself. This is a chance to redeem yourself. What aisle was paint sold in, in your store? Oh, was it, was it aisle six? Five? Five. But you could say anything. We have no idea. We have no idea. <laughs> wait, 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 wait. I'm going to Google it. I'm going to Google it. I'm Googling okay, it. Was the Lo- it was the Lowe's in Sicklerville, New Jersey. See if it's aisle five or six or seven or eight or nine. <laughs> wait, and also to preface this game, to preface this game, Liz told us that she would know everything about Lowe's. She's a Lowe's queen. That's what I put her as in my notes. <laughs> She's a queen about Lowe's. Well, to be fair, I know a lot about Lowe's. You know, yeah, like you just taught us all how to fix our toilet. So, right, our our questions were our questions were wrong. Like we should have asked different questions based on home improvement. Yeah, honestly, well, I just want to let you guys know that Google Google failed me because it doesn't tell me what aisle paint is sold at. So damn it, they don't know. That's what you get. That's what you get. Now I have to go on (laughs) AskJeeves.com. Oh my god, I haven't asked Jeeves anything in years. It's been a decade, honestly. Uh, That was so fun. I actually almost peed myself. Same. Before (laughs) we wrap this up, Liz, do you have any? last piece of advice that you would give to people from your position or based on even your past work experiences and what you learned over the years? Yeah. Work, Um, life, anything. Yes. I think what I would like to just put out there is when it comes to work, evaluate what's important to you. What is the most important thing to you and figure out if you're getting that from your current position. If you're not getting it, what are you doing? Like you're, I mean, think about it. We spend most of our time at work. So just mm-hmm. stop wasting time. Um, and I think what goes hand in hand with that is don't waste your time somewhere that makes you unhappy. <laughs> yes. Totally. Quit your job. Just quit your fucking job. <laughs> professionally, you guys. No, no runaway employees. It haunts you later in life. <laughs> I have been very lucky. But, you know, try to try no, to No, I love that. I love that. Uh-huh. I think that's that's important. Yeah. It's so funny because when you say it, it's so simple. Like you yeah. hear it out loud and you're like, oh, duh. Like, of it's course so I want to be happy at my job. Yeah, it's so much easier said than done, right? Like, because mm-hmm. you have to look at like, we're like, well, I have these bills to pay. I have these responsibilities that I, you know, I have to take care of. I have to manage it. Um, but like, you know, how many times do other opportunities kind of like land in our lap and we kind of shove them off our lap? Like, we're like, we're miserable it falls on our lap and we somehow like brush it off when that could have been, that could have been an out for us, but we're too comfortable Mm -hmm. or we're too scared. Take, take those little things that fall on your lap and just caress it. See what happens. (laughs) Give it a little little TLC. And your angel baby dog is sitting in your lap and you're just (laughs) caressing him and then he'll give you kisses back. Like you get something in return. But if I don't give my my little angel baby any love, he's going to hate me and I'm going to hate him and we get nowhere. (laughs) My head went to a a different picture when you said caress and lap. But like a dog in it, I think that works perfectly. (laughs) I think that's great. (laughs) I'm like a dog in my lap caressing it. I'm like, well, (laughs) it's fine. It's fine. It's what it is. But that's what I would say. It's just like, don't be. Sorry. There's your angel baby now. We hear him. One cute. I just don't know what he's doing, you know? Like, where's (laughs) my husband? Why is he not watching the angel? Hmm? He had one one job. One job. job. He quit it. He quit the job. He He walked out. He walked right out. He walked right out. He took your advice, actually. He told Fletch, hey, I'm going to feed you, and then I'm going to jump on this train. And that's that mom will be down in a few. Chill. Yeah. Mom is your emergency contact. 
He's like, bye. He's like, babe, I heard your advice all the way upstairs because you're so loud and I'm miserable and I'm out. <laughs> I'm like, babe, this does not apply to you. <laughs> oh, man. Well, I mean, this was such an incredible, incredible episode. And we can't thank you enough for being a guest. Um, our first guest ever on our podcast. Yeah! <laughs> Do I get an award for it? Do I get like a little like? Oh my god, yes! Like a little plaque. I want a plaque. Yeah, then... you can hang it up with a level. We'll give you. We'll give you a title like change. That. For right yeah. now. <laughs> with cubic zirconia, and you know, if it can't have diamonds, you guys can put like little cubic zirconias in there. That's All right. <laughs> I was gonna say we'll send you a text in the meantime. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> no, you guys. Thank you so much for having me. I will send you guys my tips so you have it for your of your course. Page. but Thank this is so fun you guys are so fun you all are just like so well complimented together um so it's fun to be in this group with different personalities with cute little faces to look at it's just a good <laughs> with time our water signs and our fire signs <laughs> I, we did yes. so well together we did so yeah. well <laughs> i can't wait till we can all go get drinks at cantina i like, know what the hell? We can't wait. Oh. Liz, Liz, before we leave, where can people find you on social media? So they can find me on my Insta, which is at Liz Borges, which is my maiden name. Um, and then hit me up on LinkedIn. That is my favorite. Yeah. I actually had a LinkedIn post. I got like 900 likes. It went viral. Oh, my God. Are yes, you did. I didn't see that. She was. She was. I would have put this in your intro. I didn't know you were LinkedIn famous. She's oh, LinkedIn famous. Not, guys, it was a one-time thing. It was like a, it came and went real quick. Came, went. I, I do have other ones. LinkedIn, I have like two <laughs> I have like, I try to write some like blogs on LinkedIn. I got to do better. I got to be better. Do better. Be do better. better. Do better. <laughs> so. Uh, we'll link, we'll put all of like the links for the spellings and everything for Liz's name. So she can become even more LinkedIn famous, um, yeah, in so. our episode description for this week. And I'm sure you will see her on our social profiles as well. Um, this has been absolutely incredible. Okay. Um, literally I had so much fun. I'm so glad we got to do this and I learned so much. So good. Yes. I'm happy. You guys are yes. the bomb.com. Thank bomb. you. Are. Oh. All right. Until next week. Bye. Bye. Bye.